What if you knew your animal better than anyone else, including your vet? What if you knew where to go for information covering a variety of different topics that allow you to choose the care you would like for the furry member of the family? What if this information can be found with even more ease than ever before? Get ready to listen, share, and question what animal care used to be and where it can go. Now, here's the host of Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show, certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper. Welcome, welcome to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with me, Dr. Andy, as your host. Um, a little bit about me. I am a doctor of chiropractic. I'm a certified animal chiropractor, um, access consciousness facilitator, and energetic magic with animals practitioner. And today is June 29, 2015, and I am here today to empower you to know what you know about your animals. So last week, we talked with Dr. Judy Jasek, holistic veterinarian here in Inglewood, Colorado. Um, the title of the show was The Magic of Vaccinations, and we actually discussed that in the show. Um, it's more about the magic of asking questions of your vet around vaccinations and what is really required um, for your animal in your situation, and what if it's not as cookie-cutter as you have been uh, made to believe it has been for so many years. So go back, archives on um, FM. And I listened to that show. It is stock full of information on what is vaccines, what are the big ones that are generally given to your pet, why they're given, and what other things to ask your veterinarian and look at. Um, and for those that are um, have been with me for, for almost a year now, I'm going to do a couple clearings on that, and then we're going to get today's show. So um, what have you made so vital about believing in vaccinations that keeps you cutting off your awareness about them? So everything that is times a godzillion would destroy and uncreate it all, right, wrong, good, bad, pod, puck, all nine, boy, shorts, and beyonds. Because vaccines have been one of those things that you just do. So what if we can change that and ask some questions? Um, and what would it take to ask more questions of your vet about vaccinations? And everything that is times a godzillion would destroy and uncreate it all, right, wrong, good, bad, Podpock, all nine, boy shorts, and beyond. So check that out. So today, um, the title is The Magic of What You Feed Your Dog to Avoid Cancer with guest Chelsea Kent. Um, and Chelsea is back with us. Um, she was here, I believe, about a month ago when we talked nutrition then, and I learned so many new things that I've been telling all my clients, and I, 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 learning new things and getting this information out into the world. Um, we're going to go through today how will changing your dog's diet help reduce the risk of cancer and other diseases? What foods may be helpful for your dogs that are, that have cancer? Um, and what foods should totally be avoided? What is actually maybe contributing to the growth of cancer in your pet? Um, Chelsea is the owner operator of Heroes Pets here in Littleton, Colorado. Heroes Pets is a leading retailer in natural pet supplies. Um, it is a natural pet supplies market. I love that. Founded in 2007 by Chelsea and her mom, Kathy. Um, the ca company operates a retail store that offers more than 6,500 products from local and ethical national and international manufacturers in the natural, organic, and eco-friendly pet supply market. So... Anybody got questions? Um, so throughout this hour, I invite you to ask them, share your animal stories, um, join us on this radio adventure, and you can reach us in a variety of ways. You can call them in at 815-880-8255 if you're in the U.S., 613-800-8736 in Canada, 
In the UK at 033-0001-0625, you can always Skype them in at a2zen.fm. And you can always chat them in at www.a2zen.fm along the top. Choose chat room. Follow those directions. And come come into the chat room because there's actually comments and questions and, and a lot of stuff that may not even make it to the air. Um, I'm there. Um, we have other people in there. And then our producers are always there. So it's a lot of fun. Get a little bit of behind the scenes. So come join us. So before we get to our guests, let's expand out. As big as the room you're in. As big as the house, building, town, state, as big as the country, as big as the world, up, down, forward, back, all directions. And now, even bigger, even bigger, as big as the universe. And ask all of our animals to join us. And what would the animals like the world to know? Hi, Chelsea, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. So Chelsea has has 13 years of extensive nutritional research and experience in the pet industry. Um, she developed a diverse, comprehensive education and perspective in holistic nutrition and product integrity by working closely with the owners of multitudes of holistic pet companies and complementary medicine practitioners, including nutritional biochemists, nutritionists, microbiologists, veterinarians, and many more. And like I mentioned, she's the owner-operator of Heroes Pets, and their philosophy takes all aspects of health into consideration, including nutrition, behavior, treats and chews, environmental factors, vaccine and medication history, exercise, and home life. So at the heart of their mission, even beyond offering healthful and eco-friendly pet products, lies a desire to impact our community via education and responsible consumerism. Whew, made it through. Heroes Pets continues to partner with local businesses in an effort to seek truth, demand quality, choose health, and shop local. You can check them out at their website at heroespets.com. Awesome. So a lot of that we covered in the first show that you were on. So if you're interested in um, any of the background information on how Chelsea works with food distributors, how they choose products, and all of that, go back to the archives and check that out. Today, we're going to jump into um, cancer. And actually, before we started the show, I said, how much fun can we have? And Chelsea's like, with cancer? And I'm like, yeah, what can we change about it? Um, and, you know, everywhere where it's a death sentence right off the bat, you know, what's it going to take to change that? And, you know, how much fun can we have lightening up the subject and creating space around it that actually does change a lot more um, than you think it could? Um, let's start with how, hmm, let's start with the first question. How will changing your dog's diet help reduce the risk of cancer? I'm going to go with what can we change to that will help dogs that already have cancer? What do you generally start off with when somebody comes in and goes, my dog has just been diagnosed with cancer and are interested okay. in changing it nutrition-wise? Mm -hmm. uh, the most important thing is recognizing that the body is already under a lot of duress and it has a lot to do. And the liver is really a primary component in cancer. There's actually four different enzymes that are involved in um, making and killing cancer as well as in allowing it into the liver and then allowing it out of the liver. So if those ones are all out of whack, then obviously you have a problem. 
So if the liver is in charge of handling a very large portion of cancer, then it's also in charge of all of the detoxification requirements. So if you're giving it food that has any toxic chemicals or carcinogens or you're giving vaccinations or heartworm medication or any type of oral or topical pesticide or you're putting you know, chemical fertilizers on your lawn or anything like that, then the liver is going to have to go ahead and clear all of those things out, which is going to take away from the resources that it has available to help repair itself from anything that's wrong with it, especially cancer. So the number one thing that you can do is clean up and try not to give any kind of chemicals in any way, which includes food. If you're doing a cooked, processed food, then you're giving carcinogens in every meal. If you're doing a pasteurized food, then you're giving endocrine inhibitors in every meal, and you're also not giving any kind of natural bacteria or enzymes or probiotics or anything that helps to support the body. So you have to give it the correct nutrition to rebalance itself. So all, and and when you mean my cooked processed food, generally you're speaking of kibbles. And canned. Mm-hmm. And canned. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, and all of those, because they're processed and cooked, have none of those natural enzymes, probiotics, mm-hmm. all of those other, those good things that will help upregulate the body that you just mentioned. They're cooked out, mm-hmm. essentially. Yes. And killed. Mm-hmm. So we're going to support the liver first. What else are we going to look at? Um, you also just want to make sure that the the environment is really clean, obviously, so you should never give any vaccinations to an animal that's sick and any other medications that you might be giving. You should find an alternative form if you have to give them at all, which there's a lot of options. And then in some cases, supplements can work out really well. If your dog already has cancer a lot of times, or cat, um, a lot of times the system is actually so taxed that herbal treatments aren't very beneficial because it's it's another thing that the system has to process. It's another thing where they have to go and be like, okay, what's this? What do I do with it? Where do I take it? It has to work through all of these processes with it. So sometimes it's better to go ahead and go with more energetic things like homeopathics and flower essences or even... Um, in the case of dogs, you can use essential oils. You have to be a lot more careful with cats with those. But, um, you know, depending on the severity of the case and how far along you're dealing, then all of those things might be a better option for you. But in preventing cancer, obviously you can just give regular daily supplements that are help- beneficial for helping the body to rebalance. So, like, the goat's milk and fish stock that I talked about last time or um, bee pollen or spirulina or any of those types of things. Yeah, us at um, Animal Magic Care, we are in love with promoting the goat's milk and the fish stock. It has made a huge difference in the my animals' diets. Um, we're, we're in love with it and, like, sending people out to grab it wherever they can it's awesome and like she said on the previous show we talked a little bit more in depth about what it is and how it can help your animal um shauna has a really quick question we're going to backstep a little bit but she wants to know what is what is a carcinogen Mm -hmm. it's a great question yeah carcinogens are 
created by foods, by generally by heating them, and they are known things to cause cancer. So, like if you heat a protein, then you create heterocyclic amines. If you heat a starch, you create acrylamide. So every time that you heat something, then it creates a carcinogen that has to be processed out by the body. And the best way to think of those is like when you burn a piece of toast and you get that black stuff on there and they always tell you don't eat the black stuff, basically all that black stuff is a carcinogen. It's very, very difficult for the body to process those out. So even a healthy body has to put in a lot of effort to get those out. But an unhealthy body doesn't really even have the resources to remove those from the system. So instead, it just finds places to deposit them. And it's kind of like sweeping the dirt under the rug. And eventually, you have an enormous pile of dirt under your rug, which in the body tends to look like a tumor. <laughs> so... You awesome know, analogy. Put them in. <laughs> That's an awesome analogy. I love that. And and one other thing about the liver, um, actually two more things. Every and, and Chelsea made a great point of of describing all the details, but everything has to go through the liver. Everything that goes in the body goes to the liver. You know what is a good supplement? What is uh whatever you want to judge? Either one of them, a bad medication or a food. Everything has to be processed by the liver. So, um. Just, you know, have that in your head when we're talking about this. And then you also talked about um, endocrine inhibitors. Is that what you call them? Mm -hmm. Am I remembering the actual term? So maybe we'll yeah. explain to everybody what that is, and then we'll head off to break and come on back, and we'll talk some more. Okay. So endocrine inhibitors are, um, like, when they tell you not to drink water out of a plastic bottle that's been frozen or heated, any kind of plastic basically has chemicals in it that disrupt your endocrine system. So your hormone system basically gets all out of whack when you have any kind of endocrine inhibitor. So if you have those in the diet on a regular basis, then you're likely to develop a variety of hormonal disorders like pancreatitis, diabetes, thyroid imbalances, you name it. The whole body ends up just a mess. Awesome. Not the imbalance but the explanation um everyone right. <laughs> yeah that didn't sound good um is aware of what it is and you also said pasteurization contributes to that yeah when you pasteurize a meat product the way that they do with the pet foods it actually okay. pushes endocrine inhibitors into the food awesome Awesome information. So thank you so much. Let's go to break and we'll come on back and we'll talk more about nutrition and cancer. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. 
To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adizen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome forward. Thank you for joining me today on Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. And again, I invite you to join me and my guest, Chelsea Kent, owner-operator of Heroes Pets in Littleton, Colorado, um, by checking out how easy it is to chat in your questions live at eight at www.a2zen.fm. Click on chat room um, along the top of the homepage. Follow the directions. You can always email me directly after the show at drandy at harpersridge.com. And you can get a hold of Heroes Pets at heroespets.com. And there's actually on the homepage, um, they have a little box that um, it says pet questions. <laughs> so you can actually um, email them a quick question um, if you have any Um Let's, I'm going to throw in a clearing really quick because you talked about the energetics and how that's a little easier on the body, the homeopathics, um, possibly essential oils, flower essences. Um, when I have an animal come in, we tend to do um, an adjustment even if they need it or not, but we're going to upregulate the body that way. And, the, and again, the liver will have to process that. Um, we also run... Um, energetic body processes and and sometimes I do some of the verbal clearings from access and I want to throw one in here today and it's how many decisions judgments conclusions and computations do you have about cancer and what can and cannot be changed for your animal with ease so everything that is times a godzilla you're destroying uncreated all right wrong good bad pod pock all nine boys shorts and beyonds because so many people have so many judgments of this is a death sentence. This is this. This is this. This cannot be fixed. So sometimes just the energetic space around something um, may allow some change to occur. And then you throw in the doing, such as changing diet um, and supporting the body that way. Um, let's see. We got some questions here. Can I add something to that really quick? Absolutely, please. <laughs> okay, so another thing in consideration of the emotional side of cancer is that a lot of times when people get a diagnosis for something really severe like cancer, they'll treat their animal differently. And it's really difficult when you're feeling emotional to recognize how different you are being. And your pet recognizes it, and they're so social, and they really pick up on your emotions whether you know it or not. And it's not that you can't be emotional with them, but you have to really go out of your way in some cases to make sure that you're still giving them that positive energy as well and um, say that you are limiting the diet and they're used to getting a whole bunch of treats and you've decided that you're not going to do treats anymore, you're not going to do the kind that they're, they're used to. In most cases, it's better to figure out a replacement rather than to completely remove something because to them, that's a social pack behavior that you've created. And if you are rejecting your pets, there are actually scientific studies showing that pets that feel rejected are actually less likely to make it through severe diseases. So um, as a matter of fact, they have even told people in veterinary offices that you should never keep a pet in the vet for more than two weeks because 
they start to feel socially isolated and they're less likely to get better no matter how sick they are. So it's always important to try and figure out a way to continue that social relationship no matter how you feel and no matter how much you have to limit. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I talk with my clients all the time, even, and it's more, I don't get, I don't get a lot of cancer dogs, but I do get pain dogs and they're like, Oh, what should we do about walks? I'm like, you got to keep the head happy too. And you got to keep some of that routine to keep their head in the game and keep that spirit up and, and everything you just listed. And so maybe it's shorter. Like you said, maybe replace the treat at 4 PM, but still do something at 4 PM if that's your schedule. And awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Um, mm-hmm. Tracy um, has a question here. She's like looking at this in a preventative way. What are the best ways to feed your pet if you do not do homemade food? She's heard different things about raw dehydrated diets based on breed. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed breed stuff? Um, in some cases, in general, I think that every body is designed, even if there's, there's slightly different things, they'll all still benefit from the same primary things, which is not yeah. doing synthetics, doing whole foods. You know, every once in a while you'll end up with an animal where they have additional issues, say that they have cancer and they have pancreatitis. So you have to be a little bit more careful about how you handle the pancreatitis, but it's not specific to the breed so much as that specific animal and what their medical history is. So I'm not so concerned about the breed in most cases as much as the diet. And my opinion is that it's a lot more expensive, a lot less convenient, and not as good of the quality for you to do home-cooked. Like, I've been doing this for, you know, a decade and a half, and I still would not home make a food. For me to home make a food as good of a quality as some of them that are available out there now, I would literally have to drive to, like, 20 different places that are independent farmers. You could not get stuff from the grocery store that would be as good of a quality. So a homemade diet's not necessarily the best way to go um, if you – If you want to do something homemade, then you pretty much have to add in the raw goat's milk so that you're sure that you're covering all of the nutrients and you have to do that in a sufficient amount to be covering all of those. But just a raw diet, I think, is the best thing that you can do and dehydrated is the next thing down if you don't have the freezer space or say you travel a lot or something like that. The dehydrated, the the raw, like Anna's Kitchen or like the patties, doesn't matter. Um, the, the raw diets, there's a zillion different kinds. So you can get them in little tiny kibble type pieces or you can get sliders or you can get patties or there's a ton of different things. And then for the dehydrated, there's also a lot of different brands. And if you look on our website, we actually have a list of brands that we do and don't support. Um, And you can always ask questions if there's a specific brand that you're not really sure about since we do look through the company's entire history and their sourcing and quality control before we're willing to endorse them. But um, I think whatever your pet is willing to eat and whatever is in your budget, as long as it's a good quality brand, is fine. Um, Yeah, Tracy says, good, I do not have time for homemade. And I never did either. And that's... 
seemed to be, at least in my my world over the last 12 years, the first wave was go to homemade because raw was still way expensive and you only had a couple to choose from. And that has shifted dramatically over the last so many years. And I'm like, there is no way I would do homemade. <laughs> so I have been doing the the dehydrated Honest Kitchen for a very long time. Um, and I actually always felt bad about it. I'm like, I should be making it. <laughs> So thank you. Um, But it was easy in my world. They loved it. And I'm reading this and it's it's like human grade. I'm like, I could eat this. I I haven't yet, but I could. Um, And then we did a person eat some of that before it leaves with every single batch. Yes, I read that. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm not doing that. Um, (laughs) So and, and, and Tracy's still here. So that's awesome. But um. With raw food, you have. She said you. She heard you have to add in a bunch of nutrients with raw food. Uh, I think that that myth comes from the industries that sell all of those synthetic vitamin packs. So, um, if you cook all of the nutrients out of a food and make it into a kibble or a can, then you have to add a lot of things back in. And a point that I would like to make on that is that, according to AFCO, who basically determines whether or not a food is complete and balanced. There are only 26 nutrients that are required to to sustain life, but you can get 8,000 nutrients from a piece of broccoli. Not to mention that, but science has actually isolated every identifiable vitamin, mineral, chemical, everything in bee pollen, which is a superfood that you could live off of. So when scientists actually created a synthetic form of bee pollen, every bee and animal that they fed it to died. So scientists are incapable of creating something that is equivalent to a raw product that nature has created. So if you're only doing raw muscle meat, that's actually not very nutritious. The organ meats are more nutritious. So if you're only doing the one thing, then yes, and in a lot of home-cooked diets, when we have people come in and tell us that they're doing that, they usually say they're doing raw muscle meat, say about 20 to 30%, and then the rest of it is something like white rice. So the ratio should be the opposite. It should be at least 70 to 80% at a minimum of meat, and then the remainder could be fruits and vegetables. White rice has no nutrients in it. So, you know, in the case of some of the historical ways that people have done home-cooked diets, yeah, you would have to add a lot of nutrients. But if you're doing it correctly, it's nature's food. It has more nutrients than anything that somebody could create and put into a bag that can sit on a shelf for over a year. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I actually had a client in yesterday. He's like, well, he's trying to get weight off of his dog. And actually, we had referred him to the goat's milk when he was in previously. And he's like, yeah, I got that. And he's like, well, my friend took weight off her dog. And this is not a weight show by any means, but just um, boiled chicken and green beans. And I'm like, um, could 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 you not do that? <laughs> I'm, like, there, I'm like, what about the vitamins and nutrients and what else and what else? He's like, huh? <laughs> so, yeah. You, you, you've got to look at all of that and look what nature can provide um, and what mm-hmm. we can utilize without cooking it out of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I have a question in here 
that um, I want to get to, but I want to do that after break. So, hey, Christine, can we take our break a little early, and then we're going to come back and um, broaden the topic of um, nutrition and cancer today. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back once again to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. So along with hanging out with you every Monday on A2Zen.fm, I do have a practice called Harper's Ridge Animal Chiropractic Care, and it's part of Animal Magic um, Dog-Centered Family Care in Denver, Colorado, where my team and I offer chiropractic care, laser therapy, massage, acupuncture, aromatherapy, energetic magic sessions, dog training, beyond animal communication, bars, pet portraits, telecalls, classes, workshops, for animals and their people, the whole pack. So you can check all that out on our new website, animalmagiccare.com. Again, we are here with the owner-operator of Heroes Pets, Chelsea Kent, and that's heroespets.com. Um, so let's go, let's go to that dog that has cancer, is diagnosed, owners um, have decided to do chemo um, for their animal. Where do you go with that? Because now we have some two big heavy-duty hitters um, texting the body. We have the actual disease, and then we have what what they what traditional medicine says will help. Let's go with that statement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my so, um, yeah, one point that I would like to make right here, just so that I'm sure that it doesn't get missed, is Chemo does not help every type of cancer, and one of the best places that I have found for uh, information about which cancers are benefited by chemo versus which ones are not, and it's actually written by, like, Nobel Prize winners and scientists. The website is polymvasurvivors.com, so P-O-L-Y dash MVA, like minerals, vitamins, and amino acids is what that's short for, and survivors.com. And in there, they actually have a list that will tell you which of the types of cancer are even responsive to chemo at all, as well as some interesting statistics, like that um, the the average statistical recovery rate for chemo is 2.3%. 
so it's not generally all that effective with the the of course exception of just those few different kinds of cancer. If you decide that you are going to go ahead and do chemo, one thing that's really important is to remember that you are basically trying to kill off cancer and you can't kill things and support things and rebuild things at the same time. So it's really important if you're going to do any kind of holistic care with that, that you're doing things that are supportive of the chemo and not contradictory to it. So you have to wait until after you're done with chemo before you can do some of the really good, strong herbal remedies for cancer. So at the end of it, then you can go ahead and start to rebuild the body. So um, diet does make a really big difference, and most veterinarians will tell you that you can't do a raw diet while your pet is doing chemo because there's too many bacteria and you're killing off of the system, basically, so they can't tolerate those bacteria. I agree with that to an extent. I agree that you can't give too much bacteria, but it also doesn't make any sense to be giving them carcinogens or dead foods either. So my opinion is that the best thing that you can do is to feed a raw diet like Answers or Anderson's, one of the ones where you know it's an insanely clean meat to start, and then culture it. So either put it in with a, a homemade kefir or with uh, kombucha or with the goat's milk that's cultured or with the fish stock or something where you're adding in a significant amount of good bacteria which is going to balance out any potential pathogens. So their system's still going to be able to tolerate it even though their immune system has this huge hit on it and you don't have to have concerns about them getting sick from it, but you're not contributing to the cancer by feeding them dead foods and carcinogens. Yeah, because chemo kills everything. Yes. Um, that is how it's designed. So it does kill the cancer cells, but it kills healthy cells too. Um, and that's where um, adding everything back into the gut health um, essentially will help help the body balance and, and keep going and be able to maybe even tolerate that medication even better and allow for more healing. So awesome. Um, thank you. <laughs> We've got a lot going on in the in in the chat room. So I'm answering Chelsea on the air, but she put in into the chat room the, the website she um, had spelled out for everybody um, about chemo and cancers and, and information you can gather there. Um, I would I would like to think your veterinarian would know which cancers respond to chemo and which don't. Um, but it's always good to have information yourself. Um, and don't rely on anybody else. Um, ask a lot of questions. Get all the information. You know, talk to people like your heroes pets in your area. Not that you have that one. There's only one store, but those those people that have that information, ask your vet a lot of questions. Um, we have. Where did the, my question go up here? Okay. Let me find it. So knowing, and, and I think you covered most of this, but knowing how the current vet sciences treat cancer, how can we work towards changing the doctor's thought process of using a holistic support or care plan versus just the typical Western care of just chemo? It's a great question. 
<laughs> I could talk on that all day, and I have so many um, different things to say about it, most of which are very spiritual things. But ultimately, my experience is, um, not to sound negative, but you can't. <laughs> so generally what I recommend is find a vet that's going to work with you instead of against you. If you want to do holistic things, even if it's not all holistic, you have to find a vet that's actually going to not bash you for doing holistic things that's going to be supportive and one that's going to acknowledge the fact that they don't know everything. We don't know diagnostics and pharmaceuticals and they don't know nutrition. So if you can find a team that they can cover everybody else's bases, you should have as many people involved in that team as you can get. Generally, we find that younger vets are much more open-minded to those kinds of things. So a lot of times it's really a matter of just getting some recommendations and referrals from other people to find probably a different vet that is more open-minded unless you're just lucky and happen to end up with a vet that's pretty open-minded. We are finding that more and more of the allopathic vets that don't traditionally do anything holistic are becoming more open-minded, but it's really just a matter of them seeing the results from other patients that they have that do holistic things. So usually it takes several years for them, and you just have to be in an area where where there's a lot of that going on, which we have around here. But in most places, you're just going to have to search. Yeah, and I always like to remind people, just because one doctor diagnosed it doesn't mean you have to stay with them. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because they diagnosed it doesn't mean you can't add another doctor to your team. And so what if you have three different veterinarians doing three different things and you have information from over here and you talk to Chelsea over here and you're doing this over here? Um, you know, and hopefully everyone is a team player. Um, mm-hmm. The problems usually come in when you don't have a team player and you're yeah, only and getting information from one source. Yeah, and that goes back to what I was saying about cancer and any kind of serious illness. It it does have an emotional aspect that's involved in it. And part of that in the healing process really boils down to how you feel about it. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what kind of treatment that you're doing or what the statistics are and how well it's going to work. If you don't believe that it's going to work, it probably isn't because you're putting a lot of negative energy into it. So you need to find something that feels right to you. And you can't do that if you don't have a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what if your point of view creates your reality? And if your point of view about anything, be it nutrition or alternative or the traditional way, is not going to work, it's not going to work. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and if you can, you can get on board and like Chelsea has mentioned throughout the whole hour and you can get your head in the game, like, okay, I, this energetically matches what I would like to do. You know, your animal's going to pick up on that and go, oh, okay. You think this is going to work? I think I can do that with you, mom or dad or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Instead of, you know, like you said, all that energy of, this sucks. This isn't going to work. You're going to die. Um, mm-hmm. They're very telepathic creatures. They're going to be like, okay, I can do that too. Um, so just some stuff to think about um, that is beyond nutrition. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What mm-hmm. would your ideal diet be? Ideal 
um, everybody's different, every body is different for a dog that's just diagnosed with a general cancer? Uh, if my dog got eight kinds of cancer all at the same time, and it obviously didn't even matter which one it was because there were so many going, then what I personally would do is I would do an exclusively goat's milk and fish stock diet for three months. So no food, no treats, no nothing, just those two things with some homeopathics and maybe a flower essence, depending on if we decided that she needed it. At the end of three months, I would incorporate one of the clean meats. So in my case, I would probably do the Answers and the Andersons, um, and I would ferment those in the fish stock and the goat's milk for 12 hours on each meal, so just one meal to the next. They would be fermented, and at that point, I would start adding in... Um, Actually, from that same website, the polymvasurvivors.com, I would add in the polymva, which is palladium alpha-lipoic acid, as well as a variety of different cancer herbs and some immune-supporting herbs and making sure that I'm really supporting the liver with herbs. And uh, the primary thing to note for that is that when you're healing the body naturally, you don't get that really stable response that you get out of medication because with most medication, you're you're suppressing a symptom. So you're intentionally making sure that you don't have any symptoms so that you stay on that steady, even keel. With any kind of holistic treatment, you are intentionally healing the body. And when that happens, you get it healthy enough to where it's a point at a point where it's has the resources to heal and purge. So a lot of times you'll see these disgusting, horrible things happen, like they'll, you know, go through a day or five, depending on the dog or, or cat, of, you know, vomiting or diarrhea or, um, you know, skin lesions. Sometimes a tumor will, like, pop out the skin or they'll be really lethargic or they'll just stop eating and all of those things are a healing crisis. And you know what that is because they got better and better and better and better, and usually it's right when you're breathing a sigh of relief that you're like, oh, my goodness, my animal is finally getting healthier, and then they have a big crash, and then they get better and better and better, and then they have a crash. So sometimes that looks just like they want to skip a meal and they're just tired, and sometimes you get these really gross things where the body is healing itself. So that's another aspect of making a decision on how you want to do the treatment because if you know yourself and you know that you're the type of person that's going to really stress out about those things and jump ship in the middle of a healing crisis, then it's probably better to not do all holistic treatments. But if you're able to recognize that those are healthy things and you have a support group to, to get you through those things, then it's a really miraculous thing and at the end of you know three to six months you usually see a completely different animal wonderfully put i mean yes and i love how you add it in if you're not the type of person that can handle that and seeing your animal in possibly more distressed as the body's doing its healing this may not be the route for you and what if that's okay too 
And Mm -hmm. what if you did, you know, the half and half or we added in some traditional medication to kind of even that out? And you so you also have to take a look at what you can handle and what you can do. This is also going to be a lot more, quote unquote, work than um, giving a pill or going, you know, to the vets and they do something and you take your animal home and that's it. Um, and so you have to be realistic about everything involved and ask yourself some questions. Um, another comment in the in the chat room. <laughs> um, Mike's like not to be a naysayer, <laughs> but the vets don't help much with the negativity with the dialogue. But it's hard to be positive when they don't give you good info. Oh, diagnosis. Sorry, he abbreviated on the diagnosis or the possible outcome. And. Absolutely. And that's where you need to be armed with information and go ask more questions and don't just take your veterinarian's word for it. And what if they are completely correct and then you can add all of this to it? Or what if they're missing? You know, you've got you've got to empower yourself because no one else lives with your animal. No one else knows your animal better than you do. Nobody. Um, what else would you like to add? Um, well, seek different vets and second opinions are always an excellent thing, even if you really trust your vet. I, mm-hmm. in all these years that I've been doing this, I have honestly seen um, dogs that are diagnosed with lung cancer that have Bordetella, and I've seen dogs that I look at them and I'm like, I guarantee your dog has cancer, and they're like, oh, well, my vet just did blood work and said they're fine. I'm like, well, you should go see this vet, and, you know, then they see a second vet and come to find out they have cancer. And so if if you feel that there's something with your animal that's going wrong or feels wrong, even if someone says that it's wrong and you feel like it's not, then your intuition is generally more right than you could ever imagine. So, you know, it's really, really important to listen to yourself through um, such a process. And even though it's a really emotional experience, I think that people are much more in tune, even though they feel like they're really chaotic in their mind because they feel emotional. I think that they tend to like tune in even more to their animal and you you really really have to trust yourself through the whole experience and if you don't feel like you're comfortable with something you have to ask questions and if you can't get answers then look more places and I I absolutely agree that as many people as you can get involved in the experience the better and sometimes that means you know finding um, you know cancer support groups or friends that have had pets with cancer or, you know, whatever it is that you need, I think that it's important to to respect yourself through the process and respect your own personal knowledge as well as reach out and don't take anybody else's emotions into account when it comes mm-hmm. to, like, doctors or, you know, people involved in giving you nutritional advice or anything. You're not going to hurt somebody's feelings by saying, well, I'm going to go with this because everybody has a different way through it. Absolutely. Awesomeness. Let's go to our last break. We'll come on back um, and we'll just chat, chat some more. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? 
by tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. We've been talking with uh, Chelsea Kent, owner-operator of Heroes Pets here in Littleton, Colorado. And cancer and nutrition and a whole a whole bunch of other stuff has come up. So how awesome is that? Um, I've got a couple things coming up in July and August. We have Susie Godsey coming here. She is going to do a Beyond Training class at Training with Grace in Lakewood, Colorado. Um, registration is now open at accessconsciousness.com. We also have Hane Stigard from Denmark, and she's doing a horse class. So if you want a little more horse energy in your world, um, we're doing a Conscious Horse, Conscious Rider class at the Village Club in Cherry Hills, August 15th and 16th. Um, Chelsea, do you have anything coming up at the shop you'd like everyone to know about? I know you always have anesthesia-free dentals and other things going on. Do you have anything off the top of your head? Um, well, the primary thing that we've been promoting lately is we have a series of first aid classes that are being taught by one of our employees here who works in the ER at the VRCC, the Veterinary Referral Center. So she's the perfect person for treating first aid and teaching it. So we're super excited about those. Awesome. How cool is that? And you can find all of that out, upcoming classes, submit a question um, at heroespets.com, H-E-R-O-S-P-E-T-S.com. Um, we are winding down, and this always goes so fast. So next week, we're going to ask Dr. Andy anything about animals. So I need your questions, anything. You can ask me anything. And so email them to drandy at harpersridge.com, and we'll read them on air. Chelsea's going to return in four weeks um, with the never-ending itching, scratching, chewing of skin issues <laughs> in your dog um, and how nutrition can play a part into, unfortunately, what we call in the industry the skin dogs. Um, and as a certified animal chiropractor, I'd like to remind everyone that this is information, and this information was provided for informational purposes only. It's not intended to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any illness. If you or your animal have a health concern, you're encouraged to seek the counsel of a veterinarian who is knowledgeable in your area of interest, um, including those holistic veterinarians that may have additional information for you. Um, Chelsea, here's your, here we've got a few minutes till the end. Anything else you would like the world to know about nutrition and cancer? Uh, there's a lot of information out there, and I see a few questions here on the uh, Internet feed and mostly on, you know, how do we convince other people that we're not crazy if we're doing things that aren't the norm, like feeding kibble and 
you know, reach out and get some of that literature. We have a ton of it on our blog, on our website. We print up a lot of our favorite ones and we keep them in the store and that's how we do it. You know, on a daily basis, we have many people every day that come in and they're just wandering in wanting to know if we sell puppies and they're feeding their pets uh, Purina and, you know, who knows what else, Oldroy. And obviously that is a huge jump for them. But being able to hand somebody a piece of literature or, you know, give them a reference link that basically tells them, like, I'm not the only one that that does this or believes this or has done research on this really, really makes a big difference in getting people to be more open-minded and relating to what they believe and, you know, challenging it in a way that's kind of supportive of like, hey, I've been there too. That makes a big, big difference. And so say that you have a friend that has a pet with cancer and they're really stuck on feeding prescription food and you just can't get them to change their minds and just give them some literature and some links and, you know, try and support them in what they're doing, but say, maybe you could add this one more thing and that's how we do it. <laughs> yeah, so what if they're not ready to leave the prescription diet, but they're willing to add the goat's milk? Like, mm-hmm. you know, where where's that little crack you can get some new information in? And, yes, third-party validation. Because, you know, I think everyone had that frustrating moment. This is your best friend. This is your relative. This is your mom, and they're not listening to you. I'm like, ah, take them somewhere else. <laughs> Have mm-hmm. the local pet store, not pet store, pet, you know, your, your market, your, you know, the, the raw food place, the, the higher end pet stores, talk to them, have that third party validation, have that literature on hand. Look at this person says this. Oh, and then all of a sudden it's a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. You want to kick them in the head, but you know, it worked either way. Um, and, <laughs> and, um, have you noticed at least more people being willing or asking more questions beyond just the kibble? Yeah, and actually we do almost no advertising at all. We are just really, we are dependent on referrals. And in eight years in business, we absolutely have no shortage of them because more and more people are opening their eyes and opening their minds and also more and more frustrated with the veterinary industry and noticing those catch-22s that they get on, you know, they start on a medication that the vet recommends, and then once they're done with it, the problem comes back, and it's even worse, and so they're back on the medication and just round in circles, and, you know, the more times that that happens, the more people are directed into places like this, and so um, I, on a regular basis, am amazed with how far the world has come (laughs) and how far I can see that we're going, so I think that everybody's headed in the right direction. Thank you again, Chelsea. And until we meet again, how much fun can you have with your animal? Thank you for choosing to listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. Dr. Andy will return next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, just how much magical fun can you have with your animals?